this morning, again, we're going to continue on in this study and uh, see two men. Um, they're, uh, we're not positive they're fathers. One, we're pretty sure he wasn't a father, and that's Saul. Um, but these two men, have been, they're, they're facing similar circumstances. Um, and we're going to see how the second one handles this circumstance that's, again, similar to what Saul was facing. And again, we saw Saul, uh, Saul, Saul's encounter last week on the road to Damascus, uh, encountering Jesus Christ, surrendering his life to the Lord, and, and even saying, Lord, what, what will you have me to do? And uh, the, the, that surrender of his life, and I, I want you to encourage you, we've got new believers, we've got new members, praise God, we're going to uh, recognize a couple of new members that have gone through the new members class, a couple of families this morning, and uh, you'll get to come by and meet them and welcome them. Uh, at the end of the service, but um, even if you're here, you've been a Christian for a long time, you've come to a place where you're like, you know, I just need to, um, I need to make this, this area of my life right. I need to surrender to the Lord. I, I'm not faithful in this area. I need to be more dedicated in this area. Maybe you've come to the altar and prayed about it. Maybe you've, you know, said, God, I, I'm not, I'm not in your word. I'm not praying. I'm not witnessing. I, I'm not giving. I'm not serving. Whatever the case may be, or, or maybe it's on the offensive side. Maybe you know you're struggling with sin that you're doing. You're committing that sin over and over, and every time you commit it, God, I'm so sorry, forgive me, I want help with this, I'm struggling, and you come to that place where you just surrender, all right, it's a new day, I'm recommitting, I'm, 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 I'm digging in, or again, a new believer, just know it's going to be similar to, and we've already talked about this in previous messages, it's going to be similar to what Paul, uh, what Saul was facing at this point in time, because he gets up, uh, the, the Lord tells him, arise and go, and that's the command that he obeys, he gets up. And he begins to go, and he's only met with, uh, wait for the instructions in the city, you know, basically. Rise and go, and then it'll, I'll tell you there what you need to do uh, when you get there. And again, his, his submission and his obedience were immediately met with adversity in man's eyes. And that's the other side of the coin that I want to encourage you with. If, you, if you're submitting to the Lord, if you're yielding to the Lord, or you're recommitting to the Lord in the area of your, your walk that maybe has been lacking or you've been struggling with, just know adversity is going to come against you. It's going, the enemy is going to try everything he can. He'll use your family, your friends, your health, your finances, your work. He'll use anything and everything to try to get you knocked off that path of surrender and obedience. And, and again, we, we consider what, what Saul was doing, right? He was viciously attacking the church and here he encounters Jesus Christ, he surrenders his whole life, his life is completely transformed. Now, we know that the rest of the story, many of us do, that he becomes Paul the Apostle, and, and God uses him to turn the world upside down for the kingdom of God, and, and yet, here he is, this vessel, this willing man, this, this submitted uh, servant of God, and he gets up in obedience and he's struck with blindness. And in our minds, we think, man, again, vicious persecutor of the church, radically transformed, now obedient, regardless if God told him specifically, this is I'm going to use you. He didn't. He said, go to the city and I'll tell you what you should do. But right now, I want you to get up and go. And so he gets up and, and, and goes and faced with this adversity. Many times when we do that, we're like, as I said, mentioned last week, we're like, God, I surrender my life to you. God, I gave up everything for you. God, I, I, I recommitted myself. And why, are, why am I dealing with this now? Why are we having these problems now that we, 
we do this. Again, even though Saul couldn't see what was ahead, even though he was faced with adversity, he knew spiritually that God was going to have his way in his life and it was going to be good because he was his Lord. And we're going to see how God works like that all the time, uh, even in our life still today. And uh, even when you can't see it, you know, we sing the song, uh, Waymaker, and we, we, we repeat that, that, that line, even when I can't see it, even when I can't feel it. You know, and so um, this morning I want to look on in our, our study and see what God has for us and hopefully be encouraged and, and both fathers and, and women and kids alike um, because I think it's a very important lesson. So let's pray and we'll get into it. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for all that you do. And again, we thank you for our fathers um, that are here today. Again, being that example, leading by example, um, having their families uh, in, in your house on the Lord's day. Um, Lord, it's, it's needed in this day and time. Uh, there, there's so, uh, so much attack on on fathers, so much attack even on masculinity, so much, so many things coming against what you have created, and, and even organizations rising up to attack the nuclear family uh, that, that you have designed, you have created, the order that you've set in motion. And again, we're thankful for, for men and fathers who are willing to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, we're going to do things God's way. And I pray you bless these men, bless these fathers, bless this service today, God. We uh, recognize what we've done so far in our, our worship and what we're uh, doing now is giving honor and praise and worship to the greatest father ever you and lord we're thankful that you loved us uh, so much that you sent your son to die on a cross for our sins uh, to rise again and offer life uh, just as we see in our text today lord we pray that you'll just move in a great way uh, just use me as a vessel so that you're honored and we'll praise you for it in jesus name amen Acts chapter 9, verse 10, we pick up now. There was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and look what his response is. He said, here I am, Lord. And again, just a, a, a great encouragement, another great example. Uh, it seems to be a little bit of a common trend in, in Scripture right now. God is calling, and yielded, yielded and submitted hearts are answering. And I think it would be so wise of us right now in our day and time to learn from this and again this isn't something hypothetical this isn't something that is theoretical this isn't even something that's pious you say hey when god pulls your heart when god speaks to your heart when you are hearing a message reading your scripture your daily devotion or or, or hearing a song or hearing something on podcast or radio or whatever and god starts to to work on your heart it's not that you say again piously Oh yeah, when I hear something, I'm, I'm surrendered to what God wants for me. It's not a pious statement. Again, it's not in theory. It's not like, well, yeah, if God speaks to my heart directly, I'm going to answer with this submitted heart. Again, it's not theoretical. It's not hypothetical. Well, if God did that, no. This really happened to real people. To Saul first, and now we're seeing with Ananias. God calls them. God has a job for them. God has a purpose for them, a mission for them. It's going to be clear. Right now it's not clear, but very clear uh, in, in God's time. But point number one, I think, is so important for each one of us to learn. Again, two men now, back to back, did the same exact thing. And so point number one is God's calls and commands should be answered with submitted hearts. That, that's when God speaks to us, when he says, Kyle, 
we should say, here I am, Lord. Romans chapter 6, verse 13, this is the Apostle Paul, the same Saul that we're talking about, the one later who God has used to, to turn the known world upside down at this point for the kingdom of God. And, and he's writing to the Roman believers, and he says this, neither yield your members as instruments, and members are talking about your body parts, your, 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 your physical body, don't yield your body as instruments to unrighteousness to sin. Don't, don't, don't partake in that. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead in your members, your whole body, as instruments of righteousness unto God. It's a choice. It's a willing submission, just like we see with Saul, just like we see with Ananias. When God says, I have something for you to do. I'm going to entrust something to you. I, I want you to do this for me. I want you to be faithful as a father. I want you to be faithful as a mother. I want you to be faithful as a teen. I want you to follow. I want you to be obedient in this area. I want you to be a witness for me. All of that should be met with yielded, submitted hearts. Again, we saw Saul say, Paul say, what would you have me to do, Lord? He didn't say, let's strike a deal, God. You know everything I've got going on for me right now. I've got this money, fame, you know, power. I've got all this stuff going on for me in the world. So how are we going to work this out? You know, I'll, I'll follow you, but he didn't do that. He said, what would you have me to do? My life is in your hands. Ananias, another disciple, another follower of Jesus Christ, answered God's call. Here I am, Lord. And that's where you and I are this morning, hopefully. When God calls, when God says, hey, Dad, you need to stop compromising in this area. You need to start leading by example and putting the Lord first again in everything. And he says, Mom, hey, you need to start being an example in your role. He says, Child, I, I want you to start serving me in this area. And I want you to start being obedient. I want you to start witnessing to those people at your job that you may not get an opportunity to witness to again. We don't say, but God, no. Our heart should be, when God calls, here I am, Lord. We should first answer with that submitted heart, but the second response should be just like it was for Saul. We saw what he did. In his blindness, in his affliction, in the adversity, right? His obedience was met, was met with immediate adversity. His immediate obedience was met, met with immediate adversity. And not only adver, uh, adversity, but as we talked about, uncertainty. God didn't give him clarity. Hey, I'm, I'm going to send you... Uh, first out to the desert, you're going to get some more training. And then I'm going to send you back to Antioch, and you're going to serve me there for a while. And then after Antioch, I'm going to send you around the known world to start churches and ordain elders and, and see, see my kingdom expand like, like you would never imagine. Paul, Saul didn't know all of that. And Ananias didn't know what God was about to tell him to do. He just asked, or he just answered, here I am. But that second step, first response, yielded submission. Second response is action. When he speaks, when you're challenged to recommit, when you're challenged to step up, to lead in a, in a godly way, when you're challenged to, uh, to serve more, to serve, period, to, to give or to give more, to to, of your time, your talent, your treasure? How do you answer? When God says, hey, 
I know you're doing all this for me. Well done, child. But I want you to do this for me too. I, I know you're, you're, you're giving faithfully, but I want you to, I want you to give to, to this cause as well. I know that you are, 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 are faithful. I want, I, want you to, I want you to commit more. How, how do you answer? How do I answer? Do, do you say, but God, I'm already doing this. I already, I'm already so busy. I, I, I won't have time to do this also. Or I already give so much. I, I mean, I, I just don't know that I can, I can do that. Or do you answer, here I am, Lord. You're God. You know me better than I know myself. You've blessed me with life. You've blessed me with this life. And you know. Again, if you're a child of God, you, you hear his voice. We're going to talk about that in a second. You know it's the Lord prompting you. If you're, in, if you're walking in fellowship with God, you know when the Holy Spirit is, is, is speaking to your heart. You know that. And if you don't know that, if you're not positive whenever the Holy Spirit is impressing on your heart something more for the Lord or something for the Lord... And I encourage you to evaluate your salvation because, again, we're going to see in a second. He says that his sheep hear his voice and know his voice. I just don't know if I've ever heard God call me to more, ask more of me, or impress on my heart something for him. I just don't know if I've ever experienced that in my life. Again, I really challenge you to either, number one, evaluate whether you have a relationship with him or not, or number two, where that relationship stands. Because you could, you could be so in the flesh, so carnal, you could be so in sin that you don't have those spiritual ears ready to hear, eyes ready to see. But here's how Ananias answered after he said, here I am, Lord. Lord said to Ananias, arise. Same exact thing that he told Saul. The same exact thing. When he called them, hey, Saul, Saul, uh, okay, here I am, Lord, who are you, you know? What do you want me to do, Lord? I want you to rise. First thing, get up and go. First, first thing that Ananias is told to do after he says, here I am, Lord, he says, I want you to rise. And that's the call to action. And, and maybe this morning it's from that seat where you are. Maybe that's your, that's your comfort zone. That's your, in your mind, that's you serving God. That is you being faithful. And, and, and I, I believe that's a good step, is being here, being present. Uh, a, a body doesn't work unless it's all together so i think the 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 assembly the gathering we've already talked about that that's what church is um that's vital that's essential in order to be and to do what god has called us to be and do but it's not just to be here god's design in our physical body every part has a purpose and spiritually speaking every part has a purpose that's what scripture says and, 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 the, and, the, and the purpose is not to just exist in the body. There's a function. And so maybe this morning it's to arise from that seat. Maybe it's to say, you know what, I'm going to do something more than just sit in this seat every week. Maybe it's going to start this morning by you getting out of that seat during the invitation and coming down to this altar and saying, you know what, I'm going to get out of my place of comfort. I'm going to get out of the place that I enjoy in my flesh. And I'm going to move to that place of ministry. I'm going to move to that place of service for God or more for God. Maybe it's you're, you're there in, in your life and, and you feel like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a child of God, I'm a Christian, 
but I'm really living my life selfishly. I really evaluate everything on what I want, not in submission to what God wants. And you, 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 nobody has to tell you that. You know inside that's where you're at, if that's you. You know that you weigh the cost of your obedience by what you are comfortable with, by what you think that you have time for, by what you think that you can afford, by what you think you want to do, what's comfortable. You, you, you know you're living selfishly. And so maybe this morning the call for you to arise is to get out of that place of selfishness and move to the place of selfless service. Or maybe you are living similar to selfishness in, in a place of convenience. Well, if it's convenient for me to, to do this for the Lord or to serve like that or to do what God wants me to do, then, then I'll do it. So maybe you need to arise and move from convenience to being faithful, being a faithful witness, or whatever. The call is arise. Arise. Don't be comfortable. Don't stay there. I've got a job for you. I've got to work for you. I, I've created you. I've designed you. I've put you in the body. I've given you a purpose that's eternal, that you could never have for yourself, that this world could never compete with. And I'll offer rewards that this world could never compete with. And so arise. I believe this call to arise is a call to more. It is to more. And, and again, sometimes we, we, we try to rationalize and we try to account in our own life what is enough for God. Amen? Let's be honest. We, we try to say, well, I think I'm doing enough. I think I'm giving enough. And we try to account for that ourselves. That's the way that we approach sometimes our Lord, our King, our God, our Creator, the one that has so designed us that our body is functioning involuntarily in ways that we have no control over like right now our heart beating right now our brain functioning right now our lungs breathing by God's design if it wasn't for him we have nothing and yet we come to him and say well God I know not only you've given me all this but you died a substitutionary death in my place Something I could never do, nothing, something, sins I could never pay for, good works I could never pile up enough of. I, I understand all that, but still, I'm only going to do this for you. I believe this arise is an important note for us to take this morning. Again, a call to more. You say, why you, why you say that, say that, that that God saying, Ananias, get up, was a call for more. See, Ananias was following Jesus already. He was faithful to Jesus already. The Bible calls him a disciple. That means he was following Jesus already. It was already in his life. And so when, when, when Christ came, when, when, when this call came and says, I want you to get up, I've got something more for you to do. Later, when Paul's given his testimony in Acts chapter 22, we, we know the type of disciple that Ananias is by Paul's testimony of his life. There, he says this in verse 12, then a certain Ananias, listen to these words, a devout man, according to the law, and having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there. He's talking about when he went to Damascus, he's talking about his salvation experience, and he mentions this encounter that, he's, that we're about to see with Ananias. 
that God had called this devout, faithful man with a good testimony of following Christ, of being obedient to God. He called Ananias to more. Arise. You're, you're serving me. You're faithful. You're, you're, doing, you're, you're doing well, but I want you to get up. I got more for you to do. Again, I, I, I have no question that he was faithful like you are today to the synagogue back then on the Lord's Day. He was devout. He had a good testimony. So I, I, don't, I, I don't doubt that he was doing what you're doing, faithfully gathering with the, the followers of Christ to worship him, to be reminded of Scripture, to be encouraged together, edified, using spiritual gifts. I have no question that he was doing that. I'm sure he was even serving. He came, uh, the Lord came to him, and he was willing to, to serve. I'm sure that according to the word devout, what that means was he was doing all of this humbly, like we talked about last week. Whoever humbles, them, humbles themselves will be exalted by the Lord. I'm sure of that because the Lord called on him. The Lord doesn't come to those who are exalted themselves. He does, but he abases them. Similar to what he did with Saul in our, in our study. The Lord is looking for somebody who is humbled. The Lord is looking for somebody who is yielded and submitted and willing. Similar to what we saw even with Mary, the, 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 the mother of Jesus, right? She says, be it unto me according to your word. When the, when the angels say, hey, you're going to be conceived, you know, you're going to be, uh, 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 it's, it's going to be conceived in you from on high. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. This is what's going to happen. And she said, okay, I'm your servant. Humble, lowly, yielded, willing, all those things. And again, the reason why I know that Ananias was this person is again what Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1. It said to the Corinthians, again, this is the Apostle Paul later. Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. He's talking to Christians. And not many of you were powerful in the world. Not many were of noble birth. You, you don't... You were of royal descent. But see, that's what God does. God chose what's foolish in the world to shame the wise in the world. God chose what is weak in the world. According to the world, those people who are weak and those things that are weak to shame what is strong in the world. And God chose what is low and despised in the world. Like a manger and a feeding trough and a carpenter. God chose the things that are shamed and weak and, 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 and despised and low, even the things that, that don't exist, that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification redemption. redemption. That's what Jesus is for us. So he is everything we need to, to have a relationship with God, to live with God forever, to be able to stand in the presence of a holy God. Jesus Christ is all of that for us. Verse 31, why is that? So that it is written, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord alone. So the, the only reason why anybody, Saul, Ananias, you, any of us, have any reason to boast is in the Lord. What he's done for us. Who he is for us. Scripture says in Luke 12, but he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes yet shall be beaten with few. 
For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required, and to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. See, God's not going to entrust something to his servant who is not faithful of what he has already entrusted. He's not going to entrust more if you're not faithful with little. Luke chapter 16, the one who's faithful in very little is also faithful in much. It's a recurring theme. If you are faithful in the little, all I do, Brother Kyle, is I, I, I come and I, and I do this little thing on Sundays, or I, I come and I just help clean the toilets on Saturday, or I just, I just come and do this. I don't do very much for God. Listen, who is faithful in very little will also be faithful in much. But the one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. It's the same thing. If you're not able to be trusted, God's not able to trust you with the little he's entrusted to you, then he's not going to entrust more to you. And so we see Ananias believing that he has the humility, the humbleness, the faithfulness, the sincerity, the obedience already. There, there are all these all are prerequisites for God using us and for using us more. There he is. And here, let me say this to you right now. Some of you already in, in this point, in this message, are already maybe rationalizing stirring in your heart that you can't do more and 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 i want to tell you the flesh always resists more for god the flesh always resists more for god but if you're a child of god the spirit of god inside of you longs for more it longs for more it longs to do more to give more to 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 serve more to help more to to love more it, the Spirit of God longs for those things. And so if you're there and you're like, I just don't know, I just, uh, more, that's just, it's, it's a struggle. Yes, the flesh resists more. But remember Romans chapter 12, I appeal you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So I'm going to ask you this morning, what is God calling you to do? Or more specifically, what, is, what more is God calling you to do? What more is God asking from you? We should never get to a place, me, you, anybody, that we feel like that we are good. I'm doing enough for God. I've got enough things going on. I'm, I feel like I'm doing enough for God. I want to tell you right now, I could spend every minute of every day of, of, of my life, and, I, and this is not a pious statement, and I would still feel so unworthy and still so underperformed. Like that I have, and it's not that I perform for the Lord, that, that I can do enough for God. It's not that. But because of the grace, and we just sang that song a while ago, His Mercy is More, I, I could, it just is a phenomenal thought. I could never, I could never do enough. And, and again, it's not to say that I could do enough. But the Spirit of God inside of, inside of us, I believe, draws us to more, to a complete living sacrifice. So I ask again this morning, are you in a place where God can entrust you? with more spiritual responsibility, more spiritual investment. Remember he says, don't lay up for yourself treasures on this earth where moth and rust, rust does corrupt. Don't, don't live for the things and, 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 and be geared for the things of this world, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where nothing can touch those rewards. Live with eternal purpose. Live as a, as a vessel, as a living sacrifice. Can God trust you with more? Do you consider spiritual things like lost souls around you? 
opportunities to serve? Can you hear God's call for more for you concerning sharing the gospel? Can you hear his voice this morning say, arise, there's more for you to do, like he did for Ananias? Or are you resisting more? I just, I'm not at a place where I can do more. This morning, don't miss the reward along with that. And I'll say this, even if more is considered little in man's eyes, God rewards the faithfulness and the stewardship according to the measure that he gives. And that's what Ephesians chapter 4 says, 1 Corinthians 12 says, that God gives to each person the way that he wants to. And it's right. He tells Ananias, I want more from you, arise. I'm going to try to finish this out so you can get this last one. And you go to the street called Straight, inquire at the house of Judas, one called Saul of Tarsus. And behold, he's praying. And in a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so they might receive his sight. So Saul gets up, goes to, goes to Damascus, and he's waiting there at this man's house, exactly like the Lord told him. Can't see, he's just praying, he's waiting on the Lord. So the Lord says to Ananias, go and do this because this is what you're going to find. Saul of Tarsus. Whoa, wait a second. Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many things about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call in your name. Ananias, here's this call for more. Ananias, as a devout, sincere, willing vessel, here's this arise and go. And the, and, and the call, the ministry that God is calling him to, to do more of is intimidating. Whoa, wait a second. <laughs> I may lose my life. I may lose my freedom. You're asking me to go and, and meet this guy who has been killing. And I, and I love this, though, right? The detail of the locale, ironically called Straight Street. <laughs> it wasn't unclear. It, it was very clear. Go and do this. This is how specific the Lord was with him. Another great note, exactly like the disciples were waiting and praying in Jerusalem, Saul was waiting and praying, waiting on, on, on the Lord. Point number two is this. We should trust God's providential plan even when we can't see it. Even when we can't see it. What does that mean? If you're walking in obedience and the Spirit is drawing you to more and calling you to more and serve, you say, well, yeah, but I just don't know. I just don't how. I don't, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I know it's the Lord. It's, it's clear that, that God is working on my heart and he wants me to serve more. He wants me to do this or serve in this ministry, but it's so intimidating. Look, when you get to a place, when, when I get to a place, when we get to a place that we can just say, you know what, God, I know you are God. And I trust your providential plan, even when I can't see it. Why sickness like this? Why loss of job here? Why, why family issues like this? Why the loss of a loved one like this? Why now? Why all, we have all these things that we can't fully see and wrap our mind around, but it doesn't mean that we can't trust God's providential plan. Because he's God, and we're not. Ananias was called to go, go meet this guy who's been terrorizing the church, which included Ananias. He was risking his life in his mind. You know, we sing, as I said a while ago, that song, even when I can't see it, you're moving. Even when I can't feel it, you're moving. I pray those aren't just words to a melody that we rehearse. I pray that it's a reality of our life that's rooted in the truth of God. That we just don't sing to a melody. I, even when I can't 
see it, you're moving, God. Even when I can't feel it, even when it's not flesh, you know, I can't feel it in my flesh, I know you're moving. But then when the rubber meets the road and we have to face real things in real life, that's not how we live. Sometimes he does this revealing immediately, but a lot of times he does it later. Well, I wish what we're going through right now, God would let us know why. Well, he may. He may let you know right now, but he'll probably let you know later. But even if he doesn't let you know later, he's still good. He's still God. Sometimes many, many times maybe the path of obedience is difficult. It's full of trials and difficulties. But I think we need to learn our uncertainty in this most of the time is out of fear. You know, I would, I would, but I just, I don't know, I'm afraid. Ah, there we go. I'm afraid, I'm worried. It makes me anxious. Again, what keeps us in the balance is sometimes our own fear. As I said a while ago, I mentioned that Jesus said this, my sheep, John 10, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. His word and his will have been written down and preserved. His spirit, the Bible says, has been given to guide us into all truth. Lives in us. It's a spirit of peace. And that spirit of peace is to be a director in our life. You say, God's called me to more. I'm just worried about it. God, you're saying that God wants me to do more, and that makes me anxious. It makes me worried. I don't know about the time. I don't know about the ability. I don't know about all those things. Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but approach everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let all your requests be made known to God and... When you do this, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard, protect your, your, your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And God's calling me to more. I'm supposed to be doing more. I'm supposed to serve more. I'm supposed to be, you know, give more, whatever. And, and I'm just, no, no, no. You need to pray and let the peace of God be that protector of your heart. And not only that, let the peace of God be the director of your heart. The peace of God is very clear. It surpasses understanding. Colossians chapter 3, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let it sit as the arbiter. Let it sit as the governor of your heart. It's undeniable. The peace of God is different than endorphins that are released because we get something that pleases our flesh. Sometimes the peace of God comes, a stillness, a calm, when everything else says we shouldn't have peace and calm. To be that governor. And this morning he said, I'm just not sure. I'm anxious. If it's God's word, if it's his voice, you know it. If it's his peace, you know it. And if you don't, maybe this morning you come to this altar and say, God, I need to hear your voice. I need to experience your peace. I want to go your way. And if you want more from me, then I want to give you more. And the first step was submission. The second step was obedience. But as a loving, amazing father, it wasn't that he was leaving his children out to dry, and he's not going to leave you out to dry. Are you serving the Lord? Are you faithful to the Lord? Are, are you giving for the Lord? Are, 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 you, are, are you, you, you feel like you're at the end? Listen, I promise you, it, it's not the way that it works for a human, it, the way of the world. And so I, I can only do this. Why don't you try to submit and yield more? 
and see if God doesn't make it possible and bless you even more. That's what we're going to see when we, we get to this next part, um, prayerfully next week. So are you afraid of answering call? Are you in a comfort zone? Are you living there, trying to serve there? Some have substituted the wisdom of God with the information of man. I'm not going to go by God's wisdom. I'm going to go by what the world tells me and what makes sense to me. That's not what the news said. That's not what I read on Facebook. That's not what the coach said. That's not what the instructor said. What does God say? What did God command? Well, if I don't do this, or if I do this, or if I sacrifice that, or if I'm not committed to this in the world, what, 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 what has God said? What does he say? This morning I want to challenge you. Let's make sure that we arise and go. Let's make sure if God's calling us some more that we answer that call. On this Father's Day, we need some men. We need some fathers who are going to lead the way. To say no more will we allow what the world says to direct our decisions. We won't let, uh, a, you know, a teacher, a coach, we won't let anything in the world, well, you have to do this or you have to have that. We're not going to let the world direct our decisions. No more will I allow even what I want for me or for my family, what other men have or what other men do with their families. I'm choosing this day to lead my family in the ways of God without compromise. That's what we need. Nothing's going to get in the way. We will arise and go God's way. That's what this world needs right now. So I want to challenge you fathers, challenge you men. Let's make that commitment. But it applies for everybody. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity again to be here in this place. And thank you for this example and scripture that we have. Lord, we know that you are God and you're sovereign and you have a providential plan. You have a perfect godly plan. God, we get so messed up and mixed up sometimes. We start living for this world, living for ourselves, living for our flesh again. And we miss so much of the blessings. If Ananias in the story would have given in to his fear, given in to his anxiety, even thought that he was already doing enough for the Lord and didn't want to do more and, and go face this new ministry to, to meet Saul, he would have missed out on so much. And so do we when we do the same things. Lord, I pray that we learn from this, that we take these lessons and apply them in our lives, Lord. We pray that you just move now in this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll stand as he sings, I want to encourage you to come.